This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast episode 483, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. For millions of years, in millions of homes, a man loved a woman, a child it was born. It learned how to hurt, and it learned how to cry, like humans do. Hello, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 483. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and that's my co-host, Josh Flanagan. Well met, good sir. We are iFanboy, and we like comics and chewing food right before the show. Every week we read a stack of comics, and none of us, none of us, one of us picks their favorite book. We call that the Pick of the Week. Did you have a lot of books this week, Josh? Yeah, no, not really. I mean, not like, not like, the, it was a week ago where there was no books, but there wasn't a ton. I had like a mid-range. I had a, I had a scrape. I had like nine or ten. Oh, wow. I had like, I think I had a fifteen. Yeah, well. Well, we talk about those books, talk about other books, talk about some fun stuff, some listener mail. Josh solicited some mail last week. We got a bunch of that. We're going to do some of that mail this week. Good job, Josh. I just realized I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> It'll be a fun <laughs> show. I hope you do because it was your fault we're answering these emails. So here we I go. didn't think about it since the time I said it, though, a week ago. Here's your spoiler warning. It's a review show. There'll probably be some spoilers, So especially this week. So exercise some caution when you're listening to the show and do not complain. Although we did sort of sandbag you with all those M. Night Shyamalan spoilers. That no one cared about, so whatever. <laughs> it's Josh. water! Josh, you had the pick this week. Pick of the week this week was Inhuman, number 14, uh, by Charles Soule 
and artist Andre Araujo. I'm shocked. Uh, it's 14 issues. Yeah, and, and that actually has something to do with it in that... Or is it only been coming out for three months and they just are shipping four a month? No, I don't know. I can't keep track of That's comic book time, and I've completely lost the ability to, to keep track of well, you that. Can no, like, you can no longer reliably right. count the numbers as a month. I can't say, oh, it's been a year and a half, because I don't know. They, maybe they came out every, every you know, 12 minutes, something like that. Could be. So, I, but part of this is, like, I realize that I've been enjoying this issue... Uh, these issues every time they come out because I like the Inhumans, I do, and so it's almost one of those things where, where a lot of people are kind of annoyed that that they're using the Inhumans to replace the uh, uh, mutants for for license reasons. Actually, for me, like, well, it's given me a lot of uh, interesting Inhuman stories, so we get to spend time with some of these characters. And one of the things is there's two things happening here that I think is interesting. Um, we talk a lot about. Um, how, s- on a large scale, readers don't often s- seem to be interested in new characters. Correct. Um, we'll have we'll have bits here and there where there will be new characters that we'll get into. There will be your runaways, or that's about it. But but what you have here is is the old Inhumans, uh, the classics: Medusa, Gorgon, Karnak, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but there's also like a whole bunch of new Inhumans because the worldwide Terrigenesis happened and it created a bunch of new Inhumans and. There's sort of two casts going on here, and I really like these characters, and I like the sort of young X-Men kind of thing where they're trying to go through... Figuring out uh, their powers. Uh, yeah, and, and, like how, and because they were just normal people before. It wasn't even that they were... It wasn't even, it's not even a puberty thing. It's not like, like they decided that uh, a bat flew through the window, so they're going to become an inhuman. They just exactly. Were, yeah. And and so they're sort of getting to know each other and 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 learning to accept themselves and others and 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 do all that stuff, which is which is part of so like this is one character and I, I think we know I don't know anyone's names. Um, there's a one character and and he's he has flame powers and you know he's he's been working with Gorgon and he was starting to feel really good about himself and then like the last issue he he went to a uh, club and he was playing in a band. He was playing with Gorgon on bass, by the way, so it was super nice. effing metal. Um, and he burst into flames and burned everything in the club and, and he was like, what's going on? I thought I had this under control. And they were like, well, maybe it's because you, when you were drumming, you sort of just stopped thinking about everything. And it, it, just, it was like, there's lots of little interesting superhero things like that. And then, you know, some, with the Inhumans, just like the X-Men, there are some mutations that don't look as good, or, you know, and people have to deal with that. And It really is amazing the parallels between the two. Yeah, I mean they yeah. are basically mutants in the same. Everything sure. is the same. Oh, and and so, it hasn't always has it always been that way? You're the expert on Inhumans, Josh. Has I don't, you know, I don't know because I actually haven't read that many Inhumans. Like, there's a few Inhuman stories that I've liked a lot, and I base my like on them. On, on them but I, I don't read everything because it's been a lot of sort of meh, you know, boring yeah. sort of Inhuman stories. So you've got that at the same time that there is sort of a larger battle going on with the sort of royal family of of Medusa and, and all the sort of classic Inhumans um, and this character Lineage whose power is that he has the knowledge of all of his uh, Inhuman ancestors. So everything that they ever knew, he knows. Um, so he's like one of those characters in a suit with his hands behind his back being smug and he just knows everything. Right. Um, and he's trying to take over and, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's fighting there's a, you know, with everybody. And he's the Layla Miller. Yeah, exactly. But he's reverse. he's evil or seems evil. There's a really fun speech in this issue where some where Gorgon, who he's uh, paralyzed basically, um, does, do you, does, I wonder if people know who Gorgon is. I feel like they should. He's got goat legs when he steps on the ground, like it makes They're earthquake. They're gonna have to know soon. He's like the drill sergeant kind of guy. He's Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, and, uh, and and basically Gorgon's like you're evil, and he's like, well, I know I know all of history, and I know that that's relative. So. It, you know, I like I like that kind of gray-shaded character. And then the mm-hmm. other thing that's happening is way, way, way back at the beginning of there was a, I, I think it was a mini series before this, but it may have been the beginning of this series with Inhuman. Uh, Karnak was killed. Now Karnak's mutant power, ah, Karnak's Inhuman power. <laughs> <laughs> it, but he's old school. You know, he's Kirby, so whatever. His power is that he can inherently see the flaws in anything. Right. That was. I remember that scene of him in the in the prison. Yeah. In that one issue I read. So. So he dies at the end of that issue, and he's and and we recently found him in hell, and he's seeing the flaw in how to get out of hell. So like his adventure is going to be getting out of there. And is he I don't, the Hellboy. He, I, I hope so. Maybe he can get Hellboy out of hell too. <laughs> is that still that's still going on? Be, no, they just know. were like. I, th- I think I've read that last one a while ago. I just I'm more excited about Hellboy 1957. 
is it where they are? Well, it's whatever. interesting about the, you mentioned earlier how, you know, it sort of flies in the face of conventional wisdom and that most new characters die in the vine. But mm-hmm. with the Inhumans, I feel like it's, there's two things at play. One is, uh, most I think most people don't know who's new and who's to, not to, really. To a lot of people, Inhumans may as well be new right. unless they've read, you know. And the other thing is with a big team book, you can add new characters in. The mm-hmm. question is, will they have staying power? Kind of like your your tridents, you know. Mm-hmm. You can add in or triathlon. I meant, you know, you can add in a new character into a we remember giant him. Avengers team, but he doesn't know staying power. We he sure. mentioned, we mentioned remember him as a joke, right? But the character didn't last. The only reason I thought of him was because last night I was looking through the, my trade of the Busek uh, mm-hmm. Perez Avengers team because I, I just saw the movie. Anyway, the question is, will they, will they only last in the context of being the new guy in a big team of established characters or will they, have, will they go off on their own? You know? So it's interesting that that is, that's, that is sort of how it works right these days. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you but know, these like, characters are going to get bigger, obviously. Oh no, but either now, way, now but I'm just saying they're gonna have a they movie, exist. Yeah. You know, their thing. And the book is sort of like, it's it's uh, it's epic at the same time. It's kind of funny at other times. So it's both big and large. It's just, it's enjoyable. Uh, and it has been. And I thought, uh, you know, this was really good. I actually also really like the artist, this uh, Andre Araujo, mm-hmm. I think. I have to keep flipping back to the beginning to get to that. Um, but it's sort of nice, sort of simple line work. And he, he draws, everybody's not over, overly muscly. He's got mm-hmm. this sort of nice, nice sort of style. Where he's he's not overdoing it all, and I, and I think it's it's really nice acting, and also there's a bunch of sort of uh, interesting characters to look at, and uh, and good storytelling. So, you know, overall, uh, you know, it was it's a fun issue, and it's sort of one of those. Hey, you know what? This has been really good, and I feel like that we don't recognize that sometimes. It's black bolts in it, right? He has been, and he's like his whole thing is super mysterious. He was, uh, I think it's another series that he's in right now that he he like. He's with Kang, trying to get his son back. Are there other multiple Inhumans books happening right now? I think another one just started. That was part of that. I don't remember exactly. But yes, he's, he's involved. He's been in this book. He's on the cover, but we don't know. And Medusa's really mad at him, basically. Well, so that's, that's what we know about it. I'm going to make a wife joke, but decided not to. Good call. Smart. <laughs> the, uh, is, uh, what about a Lockjaw? Not enough of him because he's with um, he's Ms. Marvel, isn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's comics. They, people have the ability to appear in multiple places at once. It's true. I think people don't know what to do. There is in this, there's a character whose, um, whose power is like he's a teleporter, but he was basically locked into like he's a gate. He's literally a gate, like a large thing that you walk through. <laughs> and he's mad about that. And so the, the bad guy lineage is, is giving him a gigantic robot body and they broke his face off the gate. And so they activate the robot, and he just stands up and runs out of the room. So, like, they walk f- physically through him, or like under his yep. legs. Physically through, he's like he's like an archway. Oh man, I would because that's the thing. That's that's the chance you take with your teragenesis. Right, but I would make them go under my legs, and then I'd make them do it like limbo style mm-hmm. if they want to go anywhere. He can't even talk or do anything. Oh, like that's... it's it's a weird. It's one of those big weird concepts that I really like about the Inhumans because they will take the mutation farther than the mutants did a lot of times. Sure. So it's like there are some mutants like like Lockjaw is a dog, with a you know, and that's bitch and mustache. Right. Well, depending, you should have that mustache though. I agree. What's interesting I just thought about while you're talking is that they're on TV now with on Agents of Shield, the Inhumans. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Really, like they've sort of. It's n- none of the main ones. It's just all these sort of side characters because they haven't actually. Well, I'm an episode behind, but there there are Inhumans on the show. So and one of the characters on the show is an Inhuman. So it's interesting that they're sort of permeating the consciousness this so much. They're really pushing them. It's just interesting, and I don't want to get into the business so much, but you know, when we were kids, it was X Men, X Men, X Men, X Men, X Men all the time. That was the company's bread and butter, right? And now it's like it they they barely even matter. It. I mean, like it really is just a matter of branding. You're still going to be able to sell, tell the same kind of story. Right, but not with those characters which people grew up with, which is what the yeah. interesting thing is. So they're making them gay. <laughs> so, <laughs> in 14. Are there any gay in humans? There must be. Are they all homophobes? Probably. No, I think they're cool. I think, I think they're, they're cool fine. I don't, really, I don't know. It hasn't come up. I'm sure it, it will. So, uh, interesting. I keep, you keep making it sound interesting, but like... Well, you're 14 in now, so well, if you want to catch up, you can get like, them on the app. But it's just like, yeah. every time I've read the Inhuman issue, I, I read that one issue where Karnak 
Do you remember that issue I'm talking about where he, he tapped the glass screen, the glass wall, <laughs> he was behind and it broke? Like, it was good. And I liked I liked the Jenkins J. Lee one from 45 years ago, but, you know, it's interesting. I read that not terribly long ago. Mm-hmm. Like, in the last couple of years, I reread that one, thinking, you know, I haven't really liked, liked anything Jenkins has done in a long time. Maybe I didn't like it. And I really did like it. Like, it was still very good. Um, one thing I, I like, I really, and I, I'm very rem- remiss in this. Like, I want to go back and read the their original appearance, the, right. the uh, Fantastic Four forty eight. I think is it in that? Is it in 50. that omnibus? I don't have it, so I, I don't have know. it. I have the Fantastic Four one. Really Probably it. it's yeah. right before Galactus. It's mm. the it's the arc before Galactus, which is fifty or fifty one, I think, and then uh, it's forty eight. I, I have the issue actually here. Interesting. Here, so well, this week, well, that was the pick. So this week we had Batman 40, which was the uh, capper to the end game story. So that was only six parts, I guess. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, part six. A relative uh, short run from on an, <laughs> on an arc from Snyder Capullo. Danny and these, Mickey. you know, and, and, and uh, like almost unfortunately, these don't come out every two weeks. They come out on a normal <laughs> schedule. So I feel like, God, it's been forever. And it hasn't. And that's unfair. Right. So in this issue, uh, so the Joker's released his his gas throughout the city, and the villains of Gotham have teamed up with the heroes of Gotham to stop the Joker from gassing everyone in the city. Uh, because if they kill everyone, what fun would the, the villains be having? And <laughs> the other story in the background of this has been that the Joker has been leaving clues that he's he's basically an immortal character that's been around, the pale man that's been around for the you know the entirety of man basically. And then in the last issue. Alfred got his hand chopped off by the Joker with a meat cleaver. So, a lot of stuff to wrap up in this issue. Uh, there's, there were things I really liked. This was a crazy issue, for sure. There were things I really liked about it. There are things I'm not too happy about. But overall, you know, it's another good issue of Batman. It was a lot of brutal fighting. It was a lot of brutal fighting. This and might have been the most brutal fight between the Joker and Batman I've ever read. Well... I mean, it very much reminded me of The Dark Knight Returns. Yes, that, in, in reverse, I mean, that, though. Because the, the Batman ends up with that card in his eye like like the Joker had the Batarang in his eye yep. in, in but Dark Knight Returns. So there are all these sort of hints at that. And and if you look at the way that Capullo is drawing the the damage to their faces mm-hmm. and, and the sort of, like, it's, it's, it's very Frank Miller. Yeah. Is I mean, and, and, and that is not a complaint. Yeah. I'm just it, it made me think about it, and I can't help but think that 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 must be that's intentional. That card is completely intentional. Yes, um, absolutely. Well, he, there's there have been a lot of allusions to the Dark Knight in the series. That I remember in the beginning, it was that shot of him jumping against the yep. the, the moon. But uh, like I, the things I really like, I like the fact that the Joker has this sort of Lazarus esque pit in underground that he uses to heal himself because that's kind of the silly comic stuff that I like. Um. And the issue ends, spoiler alert, with sort of both of them dead, Batman and the Joker on underground, and you know everyone. If you follow the media, and I, I, I don't really, but I've seen enough to know that there's apparently a new Batman coming in after Convergence. Well, side note, we had a couple of DC issues this week in addition to Convergence, which we we're going to talk, which was interesting. Uh, maybe yeah, they must, they must have been late. So, coming out of this, and I want to make sure that I read this correctly. Mm-hmm. He really is the pale man, or it would appear that he is. Uh, I don't think so because so the, the thing at the end was is so the Joker's basically got his back broken by the falling stalactite, and Batman is basically bleeding to death. And he says, if he is the pale man, he he's going to heal anyway. He doesn't need the pit to heal, mm-hmm. and so that's why the bat that's why Batman is basically on his back holding them back from getting to the pit saying, well, you don't need it, right? You're the pale man. Right. And the Joker's yeah. desperately trying to get to the pit to heal. Okay. So I think that's the indication he's not. I think. Okay, and then, and then finally, because my mind does not work the way that it should, mm-hmm. what was the reveal at the end with this armor breastplate thing? I didn't. That was, that, I remember seeing that earlier, but I don't remember. Okay, all right, so... It's remember, not remember I am almost as old as you are. So. I know, I know. You got, I got a good. Let's see, I got eight months on you, but and, uh, uh, and I have the kids who aged me. So right, so you know, no doubt they'll both these characters will come back. Obviously, that's the way it works. But 
The thing that really bugged me, Josh, what, did I, what really bugged me? Alfred Stump? Yes. Well, they seem to sort of indicate that, like, we can take care of that. But he says he doesn't want it. He says there's no one left to, to mend. He says no to the hand, the hand being reattached. Well, Snyder likes to break these people down even further than I think that we are comfortable with. Which yeah, is I mean, you can't go, like, two more years and then say, well, now let's reattach his hand. Um, you ever heard of Aquaman? <laughs> that got reattached in the, the reboot. Oh, oh, well, I see. So, so, so that won't happen. I just, like, ugh. Like, I don't want to live in a world where Alfred's only got one hand, he's dropping the tray, and he can't show people. <laughs> That's... <laughs> I mean, you're, you're doing classic comic book complainer. Like, I don't want it to I change. There are things that I can't have happen, right? Like, I've okay. only had 80 years of it like this, and I'm not ready for it to be adjusted. There are certain constants in this <laughs> world, and one is that Alfred has two hands. Not three hands. Not <laughs> Alfred hand. is a constant. Three hands. And he's hands. one of those characters who doesn't really get rebooted in the sense that he is always there. Exactly. He is the rock. He is the two-handed rock. He's the two-handed rock. Because if there's a big rock he needs to move, he's got two hands to do it. Mm-hmm. One hand, he can't move that rock. It's just going to stay there in the middle of the cave. Yeah. And I don't want to see a whole bunch of issues where he can't do stuff because he's only got the one hand and he's all depressed. And I also don't want his daughter to be the new Alfred. Well, that's, I want I Alfred mean, to be Alfred. The thing about Batman, the, the downfall of Batman is that you can do all these, and I mean this as a series, you can mm-hmm. do all these horrible things to him, but then you're always stuck with however many months of, of fighting back and, and getting over it. That's, and it's always the story that like, we don't, it, uh, I'm tired of. Also, and it's happened a lot of times. I feel like we also just did, and we're going to talk about this again in another book, in a couple of books. I feel like we just did this story where Batman is not Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and it even happens in this, in this issue where Dick pretends to be Batman again yeah. to fool the Joker. Um, so now, and I don't know what's coming, and I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. It's all a big story, and it'll be fine. But like, it really bummed me out to see Alfred without, without his hand. You are, yeah, yeah. You know, I know. So, I gotta tell you, uh, they drew the heck out of him looking bummed. Yeah, they did. No. Like his eyes in that one shot, like they—that's that's some ten thousand yard stare shit. That's really nice work. The pool is no joke. Nope. Uh, between the fight scene between Alfred, I mean, this is serious. This is like Batman biting his ear and ripping cheeks, and mm-hmm. and then they both. I, I like the shot of them both sort of laying in a bloody heap. Yeah, it's the it's it very much reminded me of my favorite fight in television history. Right. The Dan Doherty Captain uh, Captain Trumbull Captain I forget what the the Captain right uh, in Deadwood. Season three. It's, is, it's a brutal fight. Yep. And it sounded like that in my head. A lot of wet slapping. <laughs> I, I will say I don't like the color choices, all that pastel stuff. Mm-hmm. I was trying to be okay with it for a while, but um, there's a really neat um, sort of uh, profile shot of everything in the cave where you see the, the dinosaur and the big card and everything. And, and it's all colored in with that pastel pinkish purplish magenta stuff, right. uh, that gradient in the background. I really don't like that. Yeah, that's not your sense. And I get it. It's Joker colors. It's pink and green. That's what mm-hmm. you're seeing everywhere. And he owns the place, and it's fine. I just, I don't love it. So as bummed as I am about Alfred only having the stump, mm-hmm. start calling him Stumpy. I, I, I will say, and I don't want it, like, I really like the commitment to this story. No, no, absolutely. I, you know what I mean? I'm, like there was. I'm looking forward to it in a grumpy way. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's 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 good. So as bummed as I am about that, all I have to do is mention to my uh, our former colleague Mike Romo, who occasionally appears in the show, that the Fantastic Four ended this week, and he just flies off into a depressive rage. Yeah. So this was the Fantastic Four six forty five. The final issue of the Fantastic Four. We mentioned earlier why the Inhumans are so popular because of uh, licensing concerns. This book has been ended because of licensing concerns as well. And uh, so, the, uh, you know, it, it's fine. This is uh, James Robinson and Leonard Kirk on the main story. Then there's a bunch of backup stories. Um, that f- one, there's one for each character. There's, you know, sort of wrapping up this, their post-story life. Not their life, but what happened right after the story kind of thing. And, uh, you know, this story's been good. It's been a solid FF story. It just doesn't feel like the last issue 
And again, this book will be back some point in the future after Ike gets less mad at Fox and the movies are out on, out on Blu-ray and there's nothing to promote anymore. They'll be back. But for now, it just didn't feel like you know, the final issue, the 645th issue of a series that's ending. It just sort of felt like another Fantastic Four story. So I mean, ending... It's hard, it's hard not to think of it sort of r- relative, I, I guess, to what ending really means, but... I don't know. I, I I know that Fantastic Four is important, but it hasn't felt important in comic books for a really long time. So, yeah, but it isn't, I mean, this is the first time. This will be the first time since 1961 there won't be a Fantastic Four book. Yeah, which is a, and it's a big deal. Yeah. So, again, it'll be back, but it's just kind of lame the way things these things all play out. Is this the? Is this still? Is it Slot? And, or no? Is it James Robinson? James and, Robinson and Leonard Kirk. All right, Leonard Kirk. Okay. It was and, all red for a bit, right? Uh, no, that's Silver Surfer. And oh, then, okay. uh, but then there's like a that's... bunch of backup stories. Carl Kessel writes one with Joe Bennett, and Joe Bennett draws it sort of, sort of Kirby-esque. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, Louis Simonson, and uh, actually a David Marquez-drawn backup story, which is really looked really good. And then uh, a bunch of a couple other ones, but and then there's a, sort of a mini, uh, mini history of people who've worked on the book. Tom DeFalco wrote the, the Thing story. Anyway, just kind of a bummer. I get it. I get why it's happening, but what are you going to do? Uh, Jeff Parker. Is Jeff Parker wait, Jeff wait for it to come back. One. Yes, yeah. wait for it to come back. Just wait for it to come back. So, <laughs> Fantastic Four, 645. It was a good arc. It was about the invisible, this guy who uh, has been, supposed, it was a classic retcon story, right? This guy has been dogging the Fantastic Four their whole existence. They just never knew about it. And he's been putting events into place to... Uh, you know, undermine them the whole time, and because he was a disgruntled co- uh, college classmate of Reed and Sue's, and uh, he was in love with Sue. Who and wouldn't? Who wouldn't be? She's pretty and smart. The quiet man is what he calls himself. He can change <laughs> his appearance. So at the very end, he escapes and turns himself, turns himself into Willie the mailman and walks away. So I wonder if he was Willie the whole time. Willie Loman. Wow. Willie, Willie, he turns himself to Willie Loman and he goes off and dies. Batman's so. had the same route for a long time. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. well, that's a good mailman, you know. I got a great mailman. I had a great mailman. Now I got a woman who wears shorts all year. She's tough. Negative five, she's out there in shorts. And she's not nice. <laughs> yeah, before her, he was, he was very nice. I liked him. So that was 4645. Josh, Daredevil 15. This is what I wanted to talk about in relation to Batman in that I feel I get that kind of the thing with Daredevil is his life's always being laid bare for the public. Mm-hmm. But it felt kind of like I did not like this issue. We didn't like the last one either, really. I no, I, the last one I was willing to go with it, and it. I mean, okay, I, I liked I liked looking at it. Mm-hmm. I liked seeing uh, Somni's cartooning and how it was drawn, but there was a lot of things that I mean, like it was a good idea in terms of really like putting the the vil- the hero up against the wall, and and definitely like giving him things that you can't take back well, I mean, um, that's the kind of thing is like this they're really going to a place it's not just his secrets that are revealed <laughs> this uh, uh, the, the shroud character somehow has uh, recordings of everything that Matt's ever recorded or seen and done somehow and well look, anything with there was a, an internet connection device so it, it would it would use the camera or the microphone right. or whatever and so he unleashes I don't know why they got something pointed at them in the shower <laughs> That's unusual. <laughs> yeah, why are they having a... Yeah, wait a minute. Why do they have a the device? Phone could, a phone in there could maybe pick up the audio from it. Right, but there's an there's overhead shot of them in the shower. Hmm. Um, listen, maybe Matt's into that kind of thing. He can't see it. He's not. <laughs> maybe she is. Okay, then it's her fault. So basically everything that's been recorded around Matt for I guess, at least the entire time he's been in San Francisco is unleashed onto the world. What, the other thing, I, didn't, I really didn't like... Um, and I guess it's sort of the point, but I didn't like that, like, you know, the mayor, like, completely turned on him. Yeah. Seemed pretty Maggie, fast. Maggie Sawyer. Right. I don't know who that is, but that's Maggie Sawyer. Right. It <laughs> um, seemed to happen pretty quick. Everything happened really quick. And. Well, I think I, this, this, this feels like we have to wrap this book up. Yes. This yeah, is, it does. This is what it feels like. But in a way that didn't feel consistent with what I loved about the book previously. I haven't loved it since I've gone to San Francisco. Uh, it just, it's felt all off and this totally yeah. feels off and 
I didn't mind the Kingpin showing up at the end to, to nope. help. Um, no, I was happy about that. I was like, okay, there's some solid bedrock we can get on here. And also funny because now he's wearing a suit like in the TV show as opposed to the ascot in the, in the white suit. Yeah. But, well, uh, you can't stick with the ascot forever. I know you, you want to. If you Bruce Greenwood, you can. Yeah. Well, he's, even he has a hard time pulling that off, and you know it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't. Everyone turns on him in a matter of minutes in this issue. Mm-hmm. Except for the kingpin who's like, what can I do for you? <laughs> I hate you so much. And I was like, oh. It looked real good, though. Yeah, it did. I just, yeah. I, didn't, I never thought I would say I'm okay, I'm a, I might be okay with this book ending, but. It's, it's fine, though. Everything, you know, runs its course. And, and there was a lot of great books in there. But I, I don't love this. But it's, it's cool. Like, I, like that, I like that they're trying. Mm-hmm. I just don't really like what they're doing. Right. So. Uh, okay, the Multiversity number two. This is the final issue of the Multiversity saga that Grant Morrison and various artists have been doing for, for a while now. And uh, I don't know what happened in this issue. Good, because I don't. <laughs> I, I mean, at one point I was basically just like, uh-huh, flip. Oh, that looks neat. Oh, that looks neat. <laughs> yeah. What's going on here? I was oh, really, gonna, wait, can I have 800 bucks? Yeah, end of story. I was really hoping to have read this again before we recorded, mm-hmm. but uh, we, I just didn't get a chance. If I, if I recall correctly, the first issue of this was really confusing. And then all the middle issues in which we visited all different Earths, those were all amazing. Mm-hmm. And then so I guess it's no surprise that the second issue, which wraps everything up, this is the same sort of format he used for Seven Soldiers, uh, mm-hmm. was also confusing. But this, this one was the, even more is, so. This is the crisis story. I mean, basically, like, it works like this. Like, the heroes figure out who's doing it and what, even though I don't really quite know what that was. Me either. And then the flashes uh, to echo crisis in the past. Or all of the, yeah, all the crises. Really. Uh, save the day. Uh, and then somehow the, the monitor with one eye, who was sort of responsible for it, uh, helped with that. And he gets 800 bucks and he can pay his rent. And end scene. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. I love these. I love these middle issues so much that I'm willing to give these the, the framing device a pass. Because I don't really know. I didn't really know what was going on in the first place. I just love the exploration of all the different Earths as a way of exploring all the different eras of comics. Kind of like his his book, Super Gods, in comic form. So I'm okay with it. But man, yeah. this this was rough. This is rough. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it, that was it's the Graham Morrison feeling. I feel like I was supposed to know what this is, but I don't, and I don't know that that's my fault or his fault. But that's okay because I liked a lot of it, and uh, well, usually this by the end, usually it'll make sense. Yeah, this was like this felt like reading a first issue of his. Like I, I don't, I don't know what happened. Well, there are. I, I mean, I think that's complicated by the fact that there are hundreds of dimensions and thousands of characters. Yeah, but I feel like there's also a way to tell who, like, who is this dude, like, with the whole, the giant cosmic horns and the sending the gentry out. Like, who is that dude? I don't know. Empty <laughs> is his hand, and then, then then it ends. I will choose when next we meet. Be gone. Empty is my hand, and then he, then that's it. So the story's over. Empty is his hand. Yes, I, I they, don't, form, yeah. they form like a multi-dimensional Justice League, Operation Justice Incarnate. To oh, see, of, I didn't even. I was like, oh, I thought that was just in that one world. Those people. No, those people. I, really, I like the over. Captain Carrot pages a lot. <laughs> I liked that he was ahead and he just needed to eat his carrot, and that he wasn't dead. I was pretty happy about that. Yeah. I liked the scene. This, this is how I can break it down. This is how I can say I didn't waste my time. Right. No. I like the scene where whoever the Flash was, Red. Is it Red something? Sure. Whoever that flash is, he read the comic books. Yeah, really fast. Then, Why'd yeah. you hand them back to me? I read them while you blinked. Awesome. That's fun. I, and I hung on to those things. I liked the Lady Aquaman. Um, moments. There are moments in here that are great. I was really, I was like, hey, Talkie Tawny. That, you know, that was it. That's, that was what I enjoyed about it. I really like, I want Ivan Reese to draw a Captain Carrot series. because I, <laughs> I think his Captain Carrot is ridiculous. I mean, obviously, it's inherently ridiculous. Also, I like that black exploitation Superman a lot. Which one? The main There's one? There's a... No, 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 no. There's one with uh, he's he's more bulky and he has an afro. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know who he is, but I want that story a lot. 
there were there were good things in here. I just overall I didn't know what what they were doing. Nope. Or why. Other than trying to stop something before another guy finished a Rubik's cube. Here's what I that that, that was. Here's what I know. When Harbinger is involved, I don't want to be. <laughs> oh, it's Harbinger. Christ, that story is twenty years old. I don't understand that. Thirty. Thirty years old. I don't know. I st- I mean, I yeah. It's fine. All right, so that was the multiverse. I overall, that, I, that I really enjoyed it. Last sure. week, last week we talked about me putting it in my top five. Hmm. Mm. This this might have knocked it out of the top five. No. He swings for it. That's our that's our I, thing. I get it, man. Yeah. So when there's a multiversity collection, maybe that will make more sense reading them all at once. And if it comes out, I should assume it will, you can get that at fanboy.com slash Amazon. That's where you can go through our website to Amazon to make all your regular purchases. It doesn't take any money out of your pocket. It takes a little money out of Amazon's pocket. Gives it to us, and we keep the show running that way. And we really appreciate it. Everybody does that. People do it not just in the holiday time, but all throughout the year. People who make it there. Uh, bookmark on their browsers, the little, little link on that page, everything that helps keep the show running, we really appreciate that. As well as the people who go to ifanboy.com slash registration, where for 3 bucks a month or 30 bucks a year, they become an iFanboy member and uh, help the show directly by making a, becoming a monthly donation. Plus, plus there you can make donations uh, directly there of any amount. And as we said before, if you're a crazy millionaire or billionaire, we'll take your money. Also, uh, we got a a tweet this week, someone saying if they won the lottery, they would gladly be... We're part of their lotto plans. Part of the, which I say, thank you, sir. Yeah. You are an American hero. Yeah. So uh, maybe if you win the lottery, make us part of your lottery plans. Or put us in your wills or trusts. That's a good one. See? If you're going to die... <laughs> give, give us... That's so horrible. <laughs> that might be the worst thing I've ever said, and I've said some terrible things. <laughs> Just awful. I apologize. We're not saying don't do it, though. No, no. I don't, we're not. No. <laughs> we're not saying that. No, no. Just because it's horrible. <laughs> it's, it still stands. So, um, speaking of horrible, convergence. So this week, I didn't read any convergence issues last week. So this week, I saw it was convergence. Shazam, Jeff Parker, Doc Shaner, and I was like, all right, Jordy Blair. Yeah. On colors. And what was great about this issue was. Uh, this particular issue had very little, almost nothing to do with convergence. Well, that's the thing about go- for me going into the convergence issues. I have no stake, mm-hmm. so I always am kind of like, oh, I'll look through it and see if it's a thing that I that I want. And and I was sort of pleasant. I was like, oh, they're just they're just doing a story here. Right. The only uh, thing, the only the only effect is that like the dome for part of the issue takes away their power. So, but that's sort of like any, anything could be doing that. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't have to be yeah. convergence. And uh, I thought this was terrific fun. It was, and. Um, I just I have to thank Tom Caters. Long long listeners will know this, but he you know he made a point of always making sure that people knew that Talkie Tawny was the best thing, and he was right. The name's Tawny, and I'm doing the talking here. Yeah, because he's a tiger in a suit. <laughs> Sometimes that guy has a jetpack. Sometimes he's got a suit. Oh yeah, no, he's he's definitely it's he doesn't funny. have a. I was right? um, you know, reading this issue and. Thinking if we were still doing the website and still doing the best league panels, there would have been like five or six panels from this issue in there. In, yeah. In there. Because this was a gorgeous book drawn by Doc Shaner with colors by Jordi Belair. It, mm-hmm. uh, Doc Shaner is not well known amongst the, the general reading population, but he did do that really wonderful. It was also Jeff Parker. Um, Flash Su- Gordon and Jordi Belair, all of them. Yeah, but, but they also did Superman in the digital, for the oh. digital series, the digital only series. And. Uh, but also Flash Gordon. And yeah, I, I keep waiting for him to sort of crack the crack the the sort of um, higher echelon for artists, I suppose, because uh, he's got something that's that's really great. And and boy, if he wasn't, you know, this has been I know I know for a fact like he loves these characters and he loves to draw them. And I would really like to see. I would love to see this series. I would read the heck out of this. I series. would read I the heck out of a Jeff Parker, Doc Shaner, Shazam family. It was also interesting to note as I was I wondering. It would be you, me, and Paul, and that'd be fine. It's fine. We would all yeah. have to buy 10,000 copies. I was wondering if they were... That literally wouldn't do it. 30,000 <laughs> copies would do it. Yeah. I, I, I was wondering, because it's called Convergent Shazam, so I was wondering if, if the, whatever legal stuff they, they've decided, they've, they're, they're calling him Shazam now, and they're not calling him Captain Marvel anymore. And I was wondering if that would pierce the, the veil of Convergence, because Convergence is all about showing the old stuff, but they did, they did call him Captain Marvel, so yes. that was interesting. What's funny is that, like at the beginning, it was uh, Fawcett City versus Gotham by Gaslight, mm-hmm. and did Gotham by Gaslight show up. 
Yeah, at the very end, they were those d- dirigibles shooting at right, the city. Right, but that's it. Like, that was, there well, was... each, each issue of this has ended on a cliffhanger of the other city showing up. So the second issue will be the fight. Okay. It just so happens that this was an actual exciting story as opposed to people wandering around talking about how there's no food in the dome, which just has been every just other issue. Moving things into place. Yeah. So this was just still telling a great story. Here's, here's, here's what this had. But here's what we're going to get next, next month. Is Doctor here's what this had, though. Batman and- it had a super intelligent uh, Neanderthal weapons builder. I love that. And a robot and a crazy scientist Mr. and talking, talking tiger in a suit. Still, I, I do not understand how a Neanderthal is the most formidable weapons engineer of all time. I love that. That would have, been a, <laughs> that would have definitely been the panel, best panel of the week. <laughs> And he, he didn't really look like a Neanderthal as much as he did look like a Viking. Adam, not wander off when Cole's so close to finishing. I was collecting intruders, you primitive. <laughs> I would read a book of these two guys. And they would, right, they would pester each other. <laughs> Why can't this be a series on NBC? Yeah. So I actually... I have lots of reasons. I really liked it. Now, did you read Superman 40? Nope. I was... Thinking, Should I, that was their last issue, right? Well, no. Last issue was their last issue. I was thinking this was going to be the first one for Gene, Lu, and Yang, but it's not. This was sort of a one-shot, uh, you know, f- not filler issue, but, you know, while we're waiting for Convergence to end before we can start the new story. And it was written and drawn by John Romita Jr., huh. featuring characters I do not recognize. I mean, on, on the surface, they appear to be the Justice League, but by the way they talk and act, bear no resemblance to the Justice League whatsoever. Do you get what I'm saying? So here? it's like one of those, hey, I want to draw a story. I want to write a story. And they're like, okay. I would say this. Batman's really quippy and punny in this issue. That's Batman. And uh, so this issue is all about, so we said before that Superman's new powers that he can supernova out and he ends up with you know, no powers for 24 hours. So in this issue, they're, they're running a series of tests on him. They have him, super, they have him supernova out to see what that's all about and then how long it takes him to get his powers back, yada, yada, yada. And so it's, it's him and the Justice League running a lot of tests and then a lot of people talking like they weren't themselves. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, and it was also written kind of like, I don't mind old style writing, but a lot of people were saying things that they were thinking or doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, he's from, a, he's from a different time. Raised by people from a different, different time, which and, is part of the thing that makes him great. And actually, in this issue, Superman gets drunk for the first time because he, when he doesn't have his powers, they go out to a bar. Oh, that's nice. And he has one beer and he basically gets hammered. Does he get... I know what that's like. <laughs> um, does he get to fight at a, at a diner? No, no, he doesn't get to fight at a diner, oh. but he... he does. I, he has, I, I just checked out. He does act uncharacteristically kind of dim at times, like he doesn't have his powers and he wakes up because there's an emergency and he, he, he hears the radio... Because he left it on while he, after he passed out from drinking. And so he gets his suit on and he jumps out his window to fly, but he can't. And it's just like, well... That's kind of funny. It's funny, but like, well, look he should have known he couldn't fly. Here's the thing. When you have all that, you just forget. It's like really good-looking people don't need to be funny. But he also... He must have put his suit on at regular speed. Zip. You know? Trying to yank that boot around his heel. Right. And have it not have the have the leg part not bunch up in there. There's so many seams on this suit. This is I don't know. So it was fun, but like the characters just did not act like themselves at all. But it's all right. It it was it was a it was a fun diversion. Yeah, it was. I I had fun. I was in I was on a search to try to read something else this week. Mm-hmm. Because I was tr- just trying to make sure I, I brought in as much as possible uh, for us to talk about and for you know to not get bored with stuff. Um, and I noticed that this was the jumping on point for Conan the Avenger, which is on issue number thirteen. Is he this part is, of the Avengers now? Yeah, everybody is. So it's, it's a whole thing. No, no, no. I don't know why it's called that. It's just because they rebooted it from whatever Brian Wood series was. This is written by Fred Van Lenty um, and drawn by someone I don't know. Um, but I have to go back to the beginning of the issue to figure out who that is. And it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of the uh it was I can't even pronounce Gio Villanova is the is the is Villanova? the artist. Oh that that name's easy, Villanova. And then the first name is G U I U. G U I G U I U? Yep. That's not right. Eh, whatever. <laughs> um but uh, you know, every once in a while I want a Conan story. And 
this is the, what that was. Okay. You know, there's like the really nice uh, sort of um, overly descriptive Robert E. Howard captions that sort of you know over, you know do that sort of style and tell you where they are and and describe Conan and what he's doing and what he's wearing. You know, before we get to the the action, and it was uh, it was sort of stock standard Conan stuff of what you were expecting and. Conan gets super offended by some things, and then he's really reasonable about other things. Like, like, <laughs> like some guy comes at them, so he chops his head off immediately. And then later, uh, somebody yells at them, and he's just like, why would you treat guests like this? And I was like, you just killed that other guy. <laughs> he has a code, and that code includes being very hospitable to guests. Sumerians, Sumerians are a tough nut to pin down, basically. Right. Also, he has gigantic hoop earrings, which doesn't seem right for <laughs> uh, combat ready. No, it's impractical. But there was a really nice sort of cliffhanger at the end, and I, I mean, I'm going to read the re- the next issue. So it wasn't like a great thing, but it was like if you're in the mood for Conan, Fred Van Lenthe's doing a pretty good job on this little thing over there, and 13's a good jumping on point. Justice League 40 was another surprise released this week, and this is the prologue. I'm still not used to all of the issues being the same number. Right. This is the prologue to the Justice League, the Dark Side War, which is the next storyline. And this issue was written by Jeff Johns and it featured art by Kevin McGuire, Phil Jimenez, Dan Jurgens, Jerry Ordway, Scott Collins, Jason Fabuk, and Jim Lee. And what's cool about this upcoming story is it's all about the new gods. So here we've got Metron flying around doing his Metron thing, telling us about the history of various things, tells us the history of Apocalypse and New Genesis and how they had a treaty by swapping their sons. So this issue we get to see... Kevin McGuire draw the the swap of Scott Free and uh, Orion between between High Father and Darkseid, and then uh, and then he talks about how reality is threatened right now, just like it was in the past. So we get a couple of double page spreads drawn by the guest artists of Crisis on Infinite Earths and Zero Hour and Infinite Crisis and and then and then uh, Flashpoint, and then uh, basically this sort of puts into perspective that all of these things happened in a linear fashion. You know, like it doesn't. Flashpoint doesn't wipe out Crisis on Infinite Earths. It still happens. It's just in the DC universe, the universe is constantly changing. And mm-hmm. there are people who do know this, like Metron. And so then the Anti-Monitor is there too, Josh. I know he's your favorite. And uh, yes. what we learn here is that the Anti-Monitor, before he was the Anti-Monitor, was Metron. Like he was, he was the guy who rode the chair before Metron. He was Mobius. Metron rides the Mobius chair. So he was... Skip to the end. He was whatever... <laughs> Whatever Metron is, who says, claims he's not a new god, he's he's not neither Apocalypse or from New Genesis, and uh, so we're going to have a Dark Side War in which the which will heavily involve the new gods, which is always good because those are fantastic characters, and I always liked like them. They're they're always amongst my favorite people who show up in the middle of Justice League stories. The Age of the Anti God is beginning, and Dark Side's daughter, it looks like, is going to be an instigator and all this. I, I I just like the new gods. I like how big and Kirby esque mm-hmm. they are. They are. I like their I like that mostly their designs haven't changed with Convergence. Mm-hmm. So they still look like those old bombastic Kirby characters. So um, I'm looking forward to hopeful. I'm hoping this is fun. That's a th- okay. That's a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. That happened. Um, I almost made Rumble number five pick of the week. What? It was pretty close. This was sort of the moment where... What is this again? Rumble number five is John Arcudi and James Heron. Right. James Heron... Is he's going to come up later when we talk about artists? Is what I'm saying to you. Um, and basically, he's, he's just created this mythology of gods and and that that sort of existed on Earth before the time of humans. And you know, this is just this guy who works in a bar who didn't want anything to do with it. And this is like the issue where he's like, "All right, I have to get involved again." And it was like, you know, the just reluctant in the hero. Day. Yep, the reluctant. Well, he's not even a hero. Like he's a he's a schmo. He's just some guy. I love that word. Yeah, he's just a schlep. Um, actually, that's a verb. Sorry. Yeah, I, got, I got confident about my Yiddish, and then I blew it. Isn't yeah, Schlepper's a moving company in New York? He's a Schmendrick. I think Schlepper's is a moving company in New York. Schlepper's anyway, continue. It should be. There, it has to be. Yeah. And if it isn't, then don't give that shit away. <laughs> I think it is. For yeah. certain. Um, it's just great art, and it's huge. Mo- I love all these motion lines. And I, don't, I, it's, I don't care what James Heron does. I'm going to read it. And, and that's all there is to it. So it was great. And you suggested uh, reading Hit 1957. Well, that's before last week's revelation that you don't really like crime stories. Yeah. But I liked this. I read I read number one and number two. Number two, Hit 1957 from Boom Studios came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryce Carlson and is it, I want to say Lana Del Rey, but I know that's not right. <laughs> it could be Lana Del Rey. You don't uh, know. She could be multi-talented. 
people are singularly I talented. I also don't entirely know who that is. <laughs> um, it's a name I hear people talking about. They don't seem to like her. Uh, or they do. She, she had a disastrous performance in Saturday Night Live. Vanessa Del... Del it's Del Vanessa Del... Or Vanessa R. Del Rey. She's her sister. So, I don't think... I, it's not... <laughs> it's her mother. It's her mother. Cousins? Wow. So this book, this book was drawn by Lana Del Rey's mother. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Great. Or grandmother, um, maybe. It's... Uh, I, I, this is like... <sighs> it's a great era. Yeah, it's, it is. It's mid-50s... Uh, noir, like hardcore noir, like yeah. no, like pulling around it. A lot of talking, uh, shadows all over the place. In Los Angeles, crooked or not crooked cops. It's the it's, post-war uh, era in which the cops were running the mob out of LA, LA yeah. using very criminal methods. It's the LA Confidential era. It's the um, yep. that really bad. LA Confidential was earlier. No, that was the same era. That was when they were running Mickey Cohen out of out of the out of okay. city. That was post-war. What? I thought that was yeah, but this is fifty-seven. So well, that was a little like, later, but it's the same idea. Yes, and it's a different country. Eisenhower's America. Eisenhower. It is Eisenhower's um, America. I, I really liked it. I don't entirely know what's going on. I, I don't either. I, it's hard to tell who a lot of the people are, but like when they told that the character Slater's backstory, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. He's interesting. He's on his way out to Vegas to do something. I'm kind of just enjoying the mood. Um, I agree. I have the first collection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that will probably help also because there was this is a second miniseries of something we haven't read the yeah, first. Yeah, I feel like they should do a better job of reestablishing all the characters. But uh, I do like, as you said, I, I did really like the mood and some of the things that happened in it, even though I was completely confused by most of it. I agree. So, I agree. There um, you go. But the but there. story. I took a thing that you told me to read and I read it, and if so, if that's hard bitten, like no, there's no rounding of the edges. There's no attempting to modernize or smooth it. Like right. it's like he's all in to this style, and it, it's kind of cool. All right, so those are the books we talked about this week. Go to ifanboy.com. You can find the post for this show. You can talk about these books, other books you read, other things, things you liked or didn't like about comics this week. You can all do all that at ifanboy.com. Now, Josh. Yeah. Last week you asked people to send in questions about art because you're into artists these days. And, uh, it feels so reductive when you say it back to me. So people did, and you picked a couple to do on the show. We are running along, so which one do you want to do first to make sure we answer it? Let's do the first one or the second one first, so that because that was really the one they somebody had asked us last week about the top five series, and I said, "Well, what about artists?" So, All right. So then, Greg yeah. from Medford, New Jersey, and says, "In light of last week's question, what are your top five favorite artists working in comics right now?" Okay. Do you have an answer for this? I can stumble around in the dark because I only got this, this script five minutes before we started. But uh, hey, buddy. All right. Why don't you answer it? I'm going to start scribbling some ideas down. All right. I'm going to go for uh, right now. They have to be be regularly working on a book that's coming out. It could be a miniseries. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say like like, uh, Art Adams or something. Um, Well, that'd be easy. No, we're currently working artists. I think that's 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 fine. Um, uh, Mateo Scalera. Right. James Heron. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Over on, uh, I can't think of his name, uh, on uh, Uncanny uh, Avengers. Daniel Acuna. Acuna, yep. Can I say Darwin? Uh, no. I mean, because if you're at, no, that out right now. Okay. Well, he works on them for a long time. Then they come out. I, okay. I, I won't. I, in the spirit of this it's thing, it's not out currently. Once that book comes out, then you can. Okay, that's fine. Um, Jason Latour. I have okay. decided, after however many issues of Southern Bastards, that he's doing really, really great stuff there. What about Chicken? No, I'm going to put that into more of a boutique kind of thing because it's so it's so um specific. Like I like that he what he's doing in that with that, but I wouldn't necessarily want to see him do other, you know, like I don't love everything he does every time. I really like what he's doing right now. It's it's hard not to say Chris Somney. Well, you you said about 8 8 9 names. No, I I've, I've got 5. I was okay. counting them as I went. So okay. it's Mateo Scalera James Heron, Jason Latour, Daniel Acuna, and Chris Somney. Interesting. Those, so those are your current top five. Sure. I'm sure that in about eight seconds I will think of, of four other people, but I'll go with that right now. Now, okay. Can I say David Asha because the book hasn't come out yet? If I can't say Darwin Kick, no, no, because the book is currently out. It's just the book hasn't, the, the next issue hasn't come out in however long. Well, yes, because... The book is currently being published. I mean, yeah, because you'd also be able to say Frank Quietly. What's he working on? Well, he was just working on Jupiter's Legacy, and then he did the Multiversity, 
But his you know, stuff is over. I know, but right, it's not right, like he's okay, not a currently working right. artist. I'm he's working allow, on something I'm going right to allow, now. If you allow quietly, I'm going to allow Darwin then. Okay. So you need to change your list? Acuna. So what's your list again? Now it's... Um, now it's uh, uh, Mateo Scalera. Uh, this is hard for my brain. It's very Darwin hard. Cook. Um, Jason Latour. Uh, I just did them out of order. James Heron. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said Darwin? Yes. Oh, Christ, who was it? People at home are like yelling at us. I, I'm going to do mine and you think about it. I'm going to write this down okay. just to let know. So I, right now I've got Quietly, Darwin Cook, David Aya, Aya, Aja, Stuart Eminen. Oh, God. And, and Mateo Scalera. Sorry, Somni was the other one. I had Somni, but I, 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 I had to bump him for, for Quietly. Quietly, Cook, Aja, Eminen, and Scalera. Okay, so I've got Darwin, Somni, Mateo, Latour, and Heron. It's really hard not to have Somni and Capullo in there. It's it's hard not to it's 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 hard not to say Tom Fowler. It's hard not to say a lot of people. Yeah, I I mean there's five is hard when you got when you when you got to limit it five to five really it's hard. hard. But those are the guys that consistently when I get those issues, I just I am I go man that is that is pretty Darwin is my go to like who do you want Darwin like yes. to build a book of a, of something that I want to see draw. And it's funny because he says he, he gets he gets uh, typecast as the guy who does sort of Silver Age stuff or vintagey stuff, and I, I don't think of him that way. I just think of him as a as a great cartoonist. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's because he's been doing nothing but crime books. Insomni can years. do everything. My 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 great idea, not not like a super original idea, is that uh, if I was at DC, I would do everything in the world to get Mark Wade and Chris Somni on a Superman. Oh, including be- firing the people that Mark Wade doesn't want to work with anymore. <laughs> like I would do that. Well. If you were in charge of making those decisions, those people would be fired anyway. That's very true. I can't. I don't want. No, you know what? No, I'm not firing anybody. I don't want. I don't want to wish anybody fired. But if I was in charge, I would. I would. I would make that happen. Okay. I would back up whatever truck it was. Um, this is hard because I know there's going to be somebody I, I forgot, and there's going to be somebody out there listening. But you guys always say this guy's the best, so I don't know. This is off the top of my head right now. Quietly cook Aja Eminem Scalera. It's hard for me to not have quietly. And three of those guys aren't even re- having books out right at the moment. Right. Aja's book is gonna come out at some point. Quietly, I don't. I don't even know what he's working on right now. And uh, uh, Cook has got revengeance coming, so he's he's actively working to just the book. I I do believe that right now though is the finest time in comic book history for having this many varied artists working on things that that actually get seen by people. Right. You know, there's there's not a there's not a house style. It's predominating. Well, they're trying. They're still trying. They're still trying over at DC, but the stuff that stands out still doesn't, you know, right. doesn't doesn't adhere to that. Well, all those new supposedly Batgirl influenced books are <laughs> are sort of all different style. Yep. Um, I would have put oh, yeah, Cliff Chang. Ho- but there's a lot mm-hmm. of guys. I yeah. Like, and girls, I like a lot. Mm-hmm. So, I'm annoyed by this question. It's tough, but it's it's. I think it's I still think it's easier than the series thing, and it's easier to get more passionate about them. Oh no, I I find the series thing super easy. This yeah. is hard because mm-hmm. I, I I guarantee I'm after the show I'm gonna go look and go. Damn it! I mean, I, I, like like just 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 I'm gonna say the Epting on Velvet right now, like right, you know, Epting on Velvet right now. He's amazing. Michael Lark on on Lazarus, like right. I, I, you know, I could swap any of those for Latour, but he's I guess he's surprising me right now. Uh huh. In that, in that, like Epting and Lark, I know exactly what to expect, and I'm super happy. Gabe, I didn't even say Gabe. Like, oh, Gabe Hardman. Like, there's just there's too many. Right. So I could I could fill out ten super easy. But gun to your head, these are your top five. That's what I'm gonna go with right now, okay. today. Well, that's that's the whole point, right now. Yep. Yep. Right. I don't know why we have to have a gun. That's why. Well, I, I just you know I just like the idea of you having to have a gun to your head. It's fine. <laughs> it's been ten years. It's fine. sometimes I can think of you with a gun to your head. Uh, you want to go a little long and answer this other question? Let's do the other question. So uh, Brian from San Francisco says, how are you able to follow artists these days? In the past years, artists worked their way up from a small publisher to low-selling title of the big two, up to the flagship battles, titles, and then maybe an event they got to launch in their own series. Now it seems like there are fewer celebrity artists. A DC goes for a house style and sometimes has four artists on a single issue. Don't get me started. 
Uh, <laughs> that's how they talk in San Francisco? Yeah. No, well, no, that's how Dom Herrera talks, which uh. is my voice for saying that. Uh, reading comic books on a tablet, I'm less likely to flip back to see who the artist is or was. Ouch, that hurts me. I'm also old, and I've been reading comics for 25 years, and I just don't have the memory I used to to remember the artist and writer and cover of every issue I've ever read. It gets even harder now that I read more books than ever to keep everything straight, which is I'm sure you can relate to. Given the volume of books you read each month and the amount of turnover on artists, how do you keep track of who you like and follow? Do you reread issues just to take a closer look after the art at the art after you've read it the first time? Talking about it with each other certainly helps. Well, I I think you just heard us struggle to remember everyone, so it's. But I remember those better than I know what's going on story wise. Well, that, the thing is, like doing this show helps to keep track of who's. Fiona Staples. I'm sorry. I. Oh yeah, you see. Doing the show helps to keep track of that kind of stuff, definitely. Yeah, I mean, that, you, that, we talk. We have to. We have to talk about stuff and these people who do them. So, and and uh, to be honest, for me, this question isn't so hard because those are the people that I follow. So those are the names that for years I did the um, SketchUp feature, mm-hmm. which really cemented that for me. I had to look through tons of art every week. The found Mateo Scalera that way. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and other guys who and I've Doc actually. Chainer. Yeah, and, and Mitch and like all those all those people who used to do oh what was that website? The the, the twit Twitter I can't remember now. But the point is do doing the website before and the show helps you keep sort of keep that stuff all in But your those head. are the things like that's like asking like how do you remember what music you like to listen to? It's because I picked out artists who I like to follow and I want to see what album they release. It's it's the same thing for me. Mm-hmm. Is just a lot of them, which it isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's it's the same thing. It's always exciting, you know. Like like Rumble is a series that if you were to pitch to me, you wouldn't like. Hey, it. Do you want to read this? I wouldn't have even bothered, but I saw the names on it, and it's it's John Arcudi and James Heron and Dave Stewart, and I say, oh, absolutely. So I mean, they are the they are for me artists, writers, colorists. Uh, you know, they're the main marketing tool for me for the most part now. Mm-hmm. Which for me, the challenge then becomes. Discovering new people. I'm in. A, I think I'm in a, a a rut of sorts now, where like I know that I have the guys I like, and I worry that I'm missing the next thing coming along that I don't, I don't know about yet. That's some kind of artist you don't even know about yet. But I but I I do I rely on social media for that kind of thing, and I look at the, I I you know I follow the artists I like. I get to see the art that they're putting up, and they're going to tell you who else they're looking at. You know, what you should do is you should do your own little private sketchup just for you. That was a lot of work. <laughs> That was like, and I tried to crowdsource it for a while, and then nobody ever sent me anything. And I was like, "All right, I got this." But I felt really good. It was a couple of things about it. A, I think I know a lot of those guys now, um, and some of them have sort of intimated that that helped them a lot, which makes me really proud. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard that you know uh, editors were like, "Oh," and they would they would read it and hire people based on things there, which is really cool. Um, which was also like that scares me because I don't want. That. <laughs> but at the same time, to help like expose a person, but it was a really. That really brought brought me into it, um, and then doing at the same time when I was doing the Make Comics podcast, and I had to think so much I about. Th- I think that period because you used to be a writer guy, and yeah. you still are. Doesn't mean you're not, but I think that period so, helped. It's a slight hiatus. No, but I think that period helped you know sort of bring your appreciation of the art and the artist yeah. to, to a f- so because there's sketches, there's sketches, but then there's also this storytelling ability, which is the real work of comic books, and. Right. Uh, you know, that's why when you say Eminem, like, it, when I, you say Eminem, I'm, I'm like, that's the best storytelling guy there is. Right, and he's the only guy that's going to get me to go back to the Star Wars book. Well, yeah. not the only guy, but, like, one of these guys where they said he's taken over, and I was like, well, fuck, I'm going to have to read Star Wars. Isn't it, isn't it crazy that, like, there guy, if you were to ask this question 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we would have said completely different names, and those guys were probably not reading a lot of the time. Your Cassidy's, your Brian Hitch's, right. your... Yeah. Derek Robertson, like I would have had a whole, di- you know, completely different list. Whole different list. That's the nature of the game. I love that though. I like that taste change, things like that, you know. So there you go. Those are two of the many emails about art that we got after Josh. So listen to Josh. Any any topics you want to discuss next week? I'm going to leave it up to them. We'll go. Okay. We'll go. Uh, we'll go wild card. Use his choice next week. So yep, uh, fine. we may sprinkle in some more of those art questions uh, that we got from you people. So thank you for all writing in. They wrote to contact.fanboy.com, and you can also call. That's how that works. Voicemail line at eight eight fanboys three two six two six nine seven. And uh, in both cases, if you also if you're writing us in, just tell us where you're from. We like to know where these emails are coming from. It's fun to know where people are when they're writing us or calling us. So do that uh, when you email us in. So uh, if you're listening to the show. You know, this is the weekend that Avengers Age of Ultron came out. 
Josh and I and uh, original Life Fanboy host Ron Richards, we gathered together to talk about that movie. Uh, we did a little reunion, a little life, another Life Fanboy reunion uh, for that one. So uh, you can find that on the feed directly behind this show on your iTunes or wherever you get the show. Or you, you know what you did, Ron? Or Sorry, you can go. It went bad. Or you, <laughs> it did get a little bad there. Or you can go uh, on, directly to fanboy.com and find the show there for streaming uh, directly. And uh, all, uh, you can also go there to discuss the film. Go over there and tell us what you thought. Let's discuss uh, Avengers Age of Ultron on fanboy.com. We can find the post for the show there, and that's where the discussion will be. Um, I'm looking forward to what everyone's thoughts on the movie. Josh, your thoughts on the movie? We haven't actually done that yet. <laughs> head over, head over <laughs> to fanboy.com. Coming on this show. Talk about this week's books. Find all of our other podcasts, like the Avengers of Age of Ultron podcast. You can also follow us at facebook.com slash ifanboy and at ifanboy on Twitter. You can follow us individually at J.A. Flanagan and at C.S. Kilpatrick. That's on Twitter and that's on Facebook. Mm, perfect. You can write a review for the show if you like it over on iTunes. Or better yet, use your powers of internet sharing to spread uh, the work that we do to others that you feel may benefit from it. I think that covers it. Uh, you know, if you if you see something you like, you yeah, want sure. somebody to listen to the. Well, like if if somebody, okay, take it this way, somebody you know like the Avengers movie, they're like, oh, I want to hear people talking about it or whatever. You want to throw them that podcast link? You know, we're we're gonna like that you do that. Exactly. That's cool. That works for us. That's how that's how this thing works when your marketing budget is uh, on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> it's dead, Jim. It's dead. I keep thinking about the concept of red shirts, and I love it. Like, it's a thing that I think about regularly. It's like you just woke up from a pop culture coma. Yeah. Which is Well, fun. there's a lot to... You and I had different... We had diff, Like, there's all these touchstones for you that were a thing. Right. That weren't for me, because we're different people. And over the years, I've been exposed to them over and over, and I'm very sick of a lot of them, but <laughs> I love red shirts. It's a great <laughs> idea. It's so great, and I love that it persists. It's awesome. You guys, a red shirt. Oh, no. All right, until next week, I'm Connor. I'm Josh. Talk to you next time. Fuck, I have a red shirt. Uh oh.